0: Hello ladies! We would like to welcome you to our Goodness and Gracious podcast. It is our desire for this podcast to help women to grow and be strengthened by taking the Bible and laying out God's plan for our lives. Now throw in some laundry and if you have kids at home, send them to their room. Grab a cup of coffee or your favorite drink because it's time for just you and God. Oh, well, and I guess us. Now let's dive right in
1: hello ladies and welcome to our very first goodness and gracious podcast for funsies since this is our first podcast we will call it our pilot podcast i'm chrissy and i have my co-pilot longtime friend and partner in cry er, sister in christ renee right
2: beside me hi i'm renee and let me introduce you to our passenger for this flight jenny sorrell hi everybody We are excited about this desire that God has placed in our hearts to expand our reach outside of the four walls of our church and be a help to Christian women anywhere. Our mission is to take the Bible and use it to clearly lay out for you and ourselves the plan that has been uniquely designed by God just for us. Although we will be digging into all the treasures that scripture has to offer for guidance on this peculiar plan, we will begin our journey with Titus 2. Woman
1: If we took the time, we could probably find tons of definitions for the meaning of this word. I am certain that if you polled 100 people, you may get 100 different opinions on what a woman is to be and what a woman's role is. No doubt, some would be very complimentary, while others would be, well, not so much. No matter how you define it, being a woman is a tall order. So many expectations, so little time. We are constantly juggling the oh-so-important elements of our lives. Husbands and kids, church and ministry,
2: friends and family, careers and homes. The list goes on and on. Jenny and the ladies listening, have you ever felt like you were in some sick, twisted episode of Candid Camera, like everyone was watching you, struggling to manage and wrangle all these areas of your life, and no one was willing to help?
0: It's also interesting to think about all of the different thoughts that everyone has for your life everyone has an opinion on the way that you should do things
2: well my experience hashtag struggles when gary first started pastoring i would get upset because he had no time for me it was hard to figure out how we were going to juggle everything in our lives but as the years progressed on we've actually adapted to a whole lot better of a lifestyle to be able to figure out what's going on
1: i myself have found myself yelling and begging blueprints and reinforcements please I have good news, ladies. God has so lovingly provided those blueprints and has even told us where to look for those reinforcements. At this point, you could be thinking, great, my husband put the blueprints away in the wrong spot. That's why I can't find them. And my kids, they must have those reinforcements tied up in the basement because I haven't seen anyone fitting that description. Rest assured, the blueprints and the reinforcements are both right where they should be. We present to you, the Bible blueprint. And those reinforcements, well, those are the ladies that God has placed in your life. They are also women of the Bible and even influential Christian women of all eras that are either going through it, have been through it, or will go through it, the it being the Christian life.
2: Whether it is to be used as a noun or a verb, the word that best describes one of our greatest needs is mentor. What is a mentor exactly? Let's refer to everyone's favorite gossip girl, Google for our definition. Someone who teaches or gives help and advice to a less experienced and often younger person. In Nancy Lee DeMoss's book, Becoming God's True Woman, she describes a spiritual mothering as this. When a woman possessing faith and spiritual maturity enters into a nurturing relationship with a younger woman in order to encourage her and equip her to live for God's glory.
1: You may not have even
2: realized it, but you can probably think of a few
1: women in your church or other churches that you have looked up to over the years. Ladies who have set an example and stuck to it, even when they didn't know someone was watching. With so many wonderful scriptures that pertain to women, why are
2: we starting our journey in Titus? Well, when Paul wrote his letter to Titus, although it is shorter in length than most of his other letters, he clearly stated who he was as authority what the leadership of the church was to look like, what the pastor's job was, and finally how to continue in godly living. And then right in the middle, Paul takes aim at women. So
0: Jenny's going to read to us Titus 2, 3 through 5. In this scripture, Paul says, The aged women likewise, that they be in behavior as becoming holiness, not false accusers, not given to much wine, teachers of good things, that they may teach the young women to be sober, to love their husbands, to love their children, To be discreet, chaste, keepers at home, obedient to their own husbands, that the word of God be not blasphemed. Now, I'm the type of person that likes
1: the plan or clear instructions, but have you ever started to cook something and then threw the box away only to find yourself going back to pull that stupid box out of the trash because you forgot what the next step was? Or how about this fancy trick? You decide that you're going to modify the plan or instructions. Instead of following the frozen pizza box directions that say 350 degrees for 26 minutes, you say, I'm hangry now, and decide to crank up the temp to 450 degrees for 15 minutes. It won't work. The pizza is going to be crispy on the outside and frozen in the middle. Friend, I've been there, done that, and I even got the t-shirt. You didn't follow the plan. Hashtag pizza probs. Although parish pizza is a sad day, not following God's plan for our lives is much more
2: devastating. Let's be honest. How many times have we set our sights on doing something, being something or accomplishing something only to have it fail or not be able to have peace about it? Simply because we knew it was contrary to his plan or we never even bothered to ask or seek him on the matter. The plan has purpose and the plan is perfect. So let's pick apart these verses and get to the meat of or in the women's terms, the chocolate of them all, the good stuff.
1: So in verse 3, the aged woman likewise, that they be in behavior as becometh holiness. Wow, that seems a bit preachy and a bit unattainable. Hear me out and remember the plan is perfect. Holiness or separation. In an effort to live a holy life, we should be deliberate in being distinct from those who do not know Christ. No matter where we are, Walmart, church, ball game or even at home where no one else sees us except our family we must be deliberate in our pursuing of godly behavior so that we are distinct to all we come in contact with we need everyone to see jesus in us all of a sudden it doesn't sound overly preachy since god's plan for our lives is anything but ordinary it should be a given that we should be deliberate in heeding his direction And that alone will never cease to make us distinct or set apart from everyone else. Moving right along. Not false accusers, not given too much wine, teachers of good things. Be careful who you accuse or talk bad about. Someone is always listening. Gossip is one of the easiest traps to fall into, and we have all found ourselves there at least a time or two. Don't gossip just to fit in with the crowd. We need to always have something nice to say of others, even those we don't agree with.
2: Well, I'm going to put my testimony in here. Um, I used to justify why I would talk about others or complain about others until God showed me in his word how it was wrong. We are to treat others the way we want to be treated, especially as a woman of God. Do we want others talking about us or accusing us of things? I would say not. We need to do it God's way, which is our speech, our thoughts, our conversations. All of these should be his will and his way.
0: Well, if you're not going to learn it the easy way, I can say there is a hard way to learn it as well because I have had unkind thoughts about someone and allowed them to come out of my mouth within earshot of a person who was very close with them. So that's not an experience that I would recommend. So if you can't simply close your mouth because the Lord tells you to do so, then you will learn a hard lesson.
1: So the hard part for me too is... um, You know, we said we should always have something nice to say of others, even those we don't agree with. That's that's a hard pill to swallow. Mm -hmm. It really is. Um, So that means not only do we not say um, we we don't. It's not only that we keep quiet about it. We need to have nice things to say about those people, even when we don't agree with them. That's 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 a hard thing. So let's switch gears here. Not given too much wine which I translate to not given to any wine. To understand the meaning of this, you must have a knowledge of the time period. Coke, Pepsi, lemonade, sweet tea, and all of the thirst-quenching beverages that we enjoy today were not even thought of. Even water was not as easy as going to the tap and grabbing a drink. What did they have? Juice, or wine as they called it. It did have intoxicating properties, but only in high-quantity consumption. So basically, be conservative in your consumption so that it does not have an effect on you. In translation today, drink your water or your Pepsi or lemonade.
2: You get the picture. Okay. The next part of the verse says, teachers of good things, I am sure that every single one of us has things that we would label as good. Since that is the case, This would be referring to what God considers good. This would be anything that pertains to him. So my take is we should be teaching others by the way we live and talk and act that he is always good and he is always right. You can't teach someone good things about God when your face says God's not very good right now. When your attitude says he let me down and when your actions say I don't care what God says God doesn't change. He is still good. When Jesus defines us we become the teachers or examples that he calls us to be.
1: Moving on to verse four, that they may teach the young women to be sober, to love their husbands, to love their children.
2: Sober, what does that actually mean? Basically, it means sensible or restore someone to their senses. When dealing with the issues of life, a woman needs to have her wits about her. Life throws some curveballs and we need to be ready. We cannot be ready if our emotions take over and we think irrationally. We need to keep our God glasses on, as the pastor has told us we need to be sensible when we are living out and teaching others to live out the rest of verse four, loving our husbands and loving our children. Ladies, we are not men. Hallelujah. We don't look like men.
1: We don't act like men. We don't talk like men. This is a good thing until we are faced with our husbands doing acting or saying things that make us question our sensibility. Then we have to remember that we are to love our husbands and make sure that we are setting the godly example of how to love our husbands to the ones that are watching so closely and they are watching closely. How about those children? Although it seems to be quite easy to love these precious bundles of joy in the beginning, as they age, the struggle turns real. No, I'm just
2: kidding. Maybe. Maybe.
1: These kids are going to make mistakes,
2: big mistakes. We must love our children unconditionally. This doesn't mean that we agree with any sinful behavior, but love them and show them the right way through the Bible. Our kids are doomed unless we pass down the original tricks of the trade, as they say, from God himself on how to rear and love our kids. We also need the older women to help us bear these burdens. Experience and time on the job will become the things we look for when we are hurting so deeply and need a help, comforter, or a guide. Even when things are going just about as good as they can get this side of heaven, we will still seek these qualities in the women that we choose to share these precious times in our lives with.
1: Moving to verse number five. To be discreet, chaste, keepers at home, good, obedient to their own husbands.
2: Be mindful of what you say and do. These things, whether positive or negative, will have an effect on every single person around us. Be loyal to your husband. His plan for abstaining from extramarital affairs is part of the perfect plan that he has for you. If you are not married, you are to be loyal to God. If we skip the next part and get to that in a minute, we come to that word good again, be good. That does not mean what you believe to be good. It means what he has labeled as good. That means we have to be diligent in our Bibles, seeking out all that he has provided for us to know what it means to be good.
1: Now, let's move on to the part that we skipped and combine that with the last part. Keepers at home and obedient to their own husbands. These two small phrases seem to cause much controversy these days. Let me just say, they shouldn't. Once again, God has a plan it's a perfect plan and it has purpose. Perversion and pride have caused us to sneer and snarl at those words, and in doing so, we have turned a cold shoulder to the very nature of who Jesus is servant and obedient. That home of yours, ladies, that is your mission field, at least part of it. God expects you to own it. In the parable of the talents, he gave little to some and more to others. No matter what they were given, they were to own it and make it prosper. I found it funny, and this is just how God works. But one of our devotions from this week pertain to this very thing. Our church as a whole is doing Paul Chapel's disciple devotional. The scripture was taken from Luke seven twenty-seven through 28. Jesus is speaking of John the Baptist and how among men born of women, there is none greater. That being said, Jesus also goes on to say that John will be the least of these. The story is told of a woman who reached the elder years of her life, and she was distraught that she had not done enough for God throughout her life. She said, I have washed dishes, cooked three meals a day, taken care of children, mopped the floor, and mended the clothes. That is all I have done all my life, and I wanted to do something for Jesus. The pastor she was speaking to then asked her to tell him about her sons. Her three oldest were on the mission field in two different countries. The youngest was on his way to join in them. She had raised her sons to desire to serve God above anything else. The pastor then said to her, You say your life has been wasted mopping floors, darning socks, washing dishes, and doing trivial tasks. I'd like to have your mansion when we are called home. It will be very near the throne.
2: The fact is, there are many types of women that make up the women of God. We come in all shapes, sizes, talents, and desires, but God says this is one of your most important jobs. This is what you will have to answer for. Everything else is just icing on the cake. Extracurricular is great and perfectly fine, but the extra will not matter if you fail in the curricular. Obedient
1: to their own husbands. Oh, we're going to go there, huh? Yes. Yes, we are. Obedience was never intended to be a dirty word. Instead of letting the love and nature of Jesus define this word, churches have let the
2: world creep in and pushed their perverted version of this word on us. So what does obedient mean? Willing to comply with orders and requests. Stay with me here. If Jesus was obedient to the cross for you, Is being willing to work with your husband on this thing called life really such a hard pill to swallow? No, none of us are perfect. There are days when you don't want to be willing to work with him or do what he asks. But there are days when he doesn't want to love you as Christ loves the church and for good reason. Your behavior, just like his, has not warranted any of that. It's a good thing that God doesn't decide to love us based on us. Just saying. So many times I think we look at what God has commanded us to be as derogatory. Why is he God? Is he good? Don't lie. Do you believe he is good? If we believe that he is God and that he is good, we must come to the conclusion that he knows what is best for us, our lives, our ministries, our marriages, our kids, etc. This is why he directs us younger to the older. These women have been through it. They can be our guides and our helps when we don't understand,
0: when we fail, and even when we prosper. Okay, guys, we have talked about many different things, but what does this have anything to do with being a mentor? What does it take to be a mentor? What are those prerequisites? Do you have to be perfect, sinless, have a master's in theology, be a doctor of psychology?
1: Since most of us do not have a master's in theology, or are a doctor of any type let alone psychology and none of us are perfect or sinless what does it actually take to be a mentor
2: well since we are talking about mentoring women here you must first be a woman second you must live a godly life and third you must have a respectful reputation you must be respected and be known for respecting others
1: Christ is the head of the church and of man man is the head of the woman and the family, but God knew that women would need instruction, help, if you will, that a man just can't provide topics and issues that only women could truly understand, and not just understand, but truly empathize and sympathize with.
2: The beauty of this whole thing is that some days you are the aged woman giving counsel, and some days you are the young in need of instructions. What a brilliant full circle plan God has created. We need each other this is by his design
0: i'll just interject here i think what's interesting about the the last portion that we talked about how some days you're the one giving counsel and some days you're the one needing advice that's regardless of age you know we have a wide variety of ages in our church and there are times where you may not feel that you are a mentor i would be really cautious before you think that about yourself because Regardless of whether someone is specifically asking you for advice, they are watching the way that you handle the situations in your life. And in that, in itself, if it's done in a godly manner, can be a mentoring opportunity for someone else. And if it's not done in a godly manner, could also have the same effect. So we just need to be careful. Part of being a godly woman is acting like a godly woman in everything that we do. And that has an effect on other people. I agree with that. Yeah, I do too.
1: That's a very good point, Jenny. Because um, we're we are a mentor, I think, in in different ways to people, even when we don't mean to be a mentor. Just like you said, um, it could be have a negative effect on you. Um, if you, my mentor is doing all the wrong things, that's what I'm going to learn. If they're
0: doing all the right things, that's what I'm going to learn. I also think I will say, too, that as someone who uh, feels very confident generally in their decisions, when I do go for some for advice from someone, um, a lot of times I already have an idea of what the way that I want to do it in my head. And having mentors and people that you can go to for advice really is such a smart thing because... Um you know, if they're a godly person they're going to tell you what the Lord has to say versus what you want to hear um and in many ways, that has you know allowed me to give some pause before doing something that I really you know should have thought twice about.
1: I think we all can come to the table and say um we've premeditated on some things that maybe we have willingly sought advice on or someone has been willing to give advice on that we didn't even um seek out. And we've already determined in our heart what we're going to do and how devastating that is to our lives to not listen to those people that, um, that have good, even if we don't like what they have to say. Some of those things are very hard to take. Um, I just had a discussion with Jamie a couple of weeks ago. Um, you know, something was said to someone else. And although it was probably not said in the manner that I would have liked it to be said to this person um they really had a valid point on what and and it was it was good solid counsel on being a mom and being a wife you know and even though it may seem out of date it's still what the bible says so however we receive it you know that that determines what we're going to do with it
0: one last thing and then I'll stop adding comments to the end but i think we just have to be so careful about who we allow to mentor us in our lives because It is, you know, our best option to seek counsel of Christian women. But more often than not, especially, you know, as you go through your life, there are going to be other people that you respect and also look up to in some ways. But if they're not a Christian person, that is not the advice or counsel you should be seeking. And it's not that they are a bad person themselves, but they can only look at it from the world's perspective. It's just like when we talk about how someone who is not saved, does not know real love. They cannot provide the type of advice and instruction that we as Christians need because they've never experienced it. So in two,
1: um,
0: you don't have to completely agree with
1: someone to let them be a mentor to you. You don't you don't have to. There you're not going to agree on every single aspect of life. Um there are some some women in the in the church that I I completely disagree with some of the things that they do, but I know the value, you know, being in God's word and reading what it says. Um, Knowing what I'm supposed to be and what they're supposed to be, I can take those things that I disagree with and set them aside and glean the good that they have to offer me.
2: When we first decided to do this podcast about mentoring, I never really had a lot of mentoring growing up in the church or whatever. You know, logically, as a mother, I would always go to my own mother for motherly advice. That's just kind of a given thing. but reading through this and discussing all this or whatever, I realized how important mentoring really, really is, you know, and, and when I first had Rachel, it's like, you know, you, you got to really watch what you do. You know, you've got a daughter and she's going to want to grow up, and be like mommy. Cause it, that's kind of how it goes, you know? So to me, mentoring is very, very important in our life. Basically we need to mentor people, but we need to make sure we do a godly mentoring. We need to make sure we're living godly lives, but we also, we need to others to mentor to us and when just like jenny said you said we really need to be careful who we get the mentoring from
1: so in my case not having that motherly um mentor to go to um, in this part of my life in my christian life um, i haven't really had that i have looked to many of the women in the church for such advice for such counsel uh for such examples you know and that's I think in this day and age, I'm going to be the rule and not the exception. So, you know, the way broken families are, you know, that's just the way of the world these days. And few and far between are the families that actually have stayed together and have have been what they're supposed to be. Um, I didn't have that. So when I come into the church, I'm looking for those women that I can, you know, I can glean all of that. Um, those good godly examples to being what God has called me to be. You know, so many times we think that we can just do it on, on our own. You know, they say, well, just let the Holy Spirit do this and just let the Holy Spirit do that. Well, if that was the case all of the time, why did God put it in his word for us to have these examples, to be examples all throughout scripture? You can see where um, women, women, not just
2: men, were to be examples to other people hmm. Well, I had a good time today. I hope you guys did, too. I think it's very interesting to be able to take scripture and for women and kind of weed it out to see what it says.
0: I think it's important not to discount yourself. That's one thing that I've learned really through discussing this. And, you know, if you guys have comments or you'd like to, you know, interject some of your experiences that we can all learn from. Um, speaking for myself, I would love to hear about it.
1: I had a wonderful time as well. I hope that you guys will join us for our next episode of Goodness and Gracious.
0: We thank you for joining us for our Goodness and Gracious podcast. We pray that this was a blessing and encouragement to you. If you would like more information about our women's ministry we have to offer, or you would like to contact us, please visit our website at www.sandhillfwb.com. We hope you will join us next time, and until then, we pray God blesses you with His goodness and gracious.